Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Tara and we are going to talk about the Twilight Zone, the classic Twilight Zone, season 1 episode 13, it is called The Four of Us Are Dying. So, full spoilers for the episode as always. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> something you'd like to say Tara before, before I tell them what the episode's about? Nope. Nothing? Nothing at all? Mm, hope everyone's doing alright. <laughs> I guess that'll do for the small talk portion of the intro. Uh, so, yeah, no Marin <laughs> open. <laughs> so, yeah, Four of Us is Dying. I remember the title of this one, but I didn't remember what it was about. And I think um, it kind of came back to me as I was watching it. It's about a character who... I, th- I think the, the base character is named Arch. Arch Hammer. And mm-hmm. he can shapeshift, oh, essentially. He can change his face to become someone else. And the episode is basically him using this ability to to take money from people, to get out of trouble, to romance girls, and then he meets his tam- untamely demise because he's wearing the wrong face at the wrong time. And that's the gist of the episode. So, Tara, did you enjoy The Four of Us Are Dying? Um, yes, I did. Uh, but... I'm still kind of in this <laughs> mediocre place. <laughs> with these last couple of episodes i think but it's still enjoyable what about you yeah i liked the last one uh, more than you did uh but i actually agree that this one's still kind of this one's in a more mediocre kind of middling zone um i think the idea is good i think there's some fun stuff in the second half of the episode i think it suffers from almost the entire first half before the ad break being about this one scene where he, I mean, there's a little bit of the intro where he's like shaving and his face changes, and you know, Rod Serling is explaining that. Which, by the way, we've been complaining about the new Twilight Zone and the the, the reviews of the new one about mm-hmm. how the narration from Jordan Peele just kind of feels like this silly tacked on fluff. Whereas I, I was paying attention to Rod Serling's narration at the start of this one. So okay, what makes this different? He actually explains a lot of what, how this is working. He actually says, "Hey, this guy can change his face." He does it in a fancy yeah. way. You know, he's lyrical the way he says it, but he actually does give us information that's useful. <laughs> Right. Well, I think that's pretty consistent with what he's been doing when I yeah. when we've been watching these. Like, I, I do notice that. He gives you the information that you need to be able to enjoy this in 25 minutes. Exactly, yeah. He, he gives exposition. He, he always sets up the character and, like, I think usually their motivation of some kind. Mm, yeah. Uh, so I, I wanted to point that out because I was thinking about it as, as this opening scene, but most of the first half takes place entirely at, a, like, a small club where... He puts on the face of like a, a dead guy who and goes to find this dead guy's girlfriend or, or I assume girlfriend rather than wife. But she she's this, mm-hmm. you know, she's this uh, you know, lounge singer and he goes up to her after she's been singing and playing at the piano. And basically there's like a good five minutes of them talking to each other that is worthless. Because she never comes back in the episode. It's never relevant again for the whole episode. No, I was kind of wondering if he was going to go meet her. I, I suppose he couldn't because when he leaves that that bar, he does have a moment where he he says, "Should I should I do it? Like, why not? It's a beautiful woman. I've never been with a beautiful woman like that before. Hmm. Like, this could really change things for me." But um, it's unclear if he still has the motivation to do it to try to meet her because uh, I assume this whole thing takes place in the course of an evening. Uh, more or less. Like, I I I, I felt it was weird because. Like, I get that you want to sell us that he uses his face to... Because this sets up the idea that he, he takes a dead person's face to then use it for, for his advantage. In this yeah. case, it's with and a woman. He, you see him, like, he's got all these newspaper obituaries 
that he's mm. picking from. So he only he specifically only picks dead people. Yeah, and you see how you use it. To, so as as an example to just set up what he does, this is fine. But I think it should have been like half the length at most as to what it is. And then get to what's in more of the second half of the episode where he get, he actually gets into trouble because he's wearing the wrong face at the wrong time. And he, he kind of, it's this crescendo of events. I feel like if it focused more on the fun of that, I think it would be a better episode. There's still, there is good stuff, especially in the second half, but... I agree. I'll, yeah. I really like the, the second one he does where he becomes like a mob guy. Yeah. He's <laughs> I like that whole scene a lot. I thought that was really good. Yeah, he becomes this mob guy who was killed and like double-crossed out of his cut of the money and he shows up and when he goes to the, the this the other mob boss guy the guy looks like he's seen a ghost like literally he's terrified because yeah. not only is he dead he's behind his death and he's like scared of him and right he, and he actually asks him like how are you here how is this possible and he's just like i'm a ghost <laughs> and tries to walk out i like that i thought it was pretty funny yeah he tries to take um, you know, all the money and walks out and then when he then two goons show up from you know, the mob guy the mob boss has Mm-hmm. and they chase him out and he has to go on the run and i did think it was weird how when he like goes into an alley i thought okay just just get around the corner and change your face he actually does this thing where he like stops at a dead end of an alley and goes okay what do i do what do i do oh i'll change my face i'm like how is that how did that take you time to think this is clearly something you do all the time like how did this well, here's the thing i'm confused by he seems to have to be have to look at a face mm-hmm. in order to change like he has to see a face while he's doing the transformation in order to become it. Yeah. He can't just do it like without looking at a face. But you see him a couple of times where he becomes the the first face that you see before he changes into the musician. Mm-hmm. I think. So I th- is that his like true face I that think he's so. turning back to? That I think he that. Can- I think that's how you explain it: is that he can always turn back to his original face anytime he wants. But he can't do it in the end. He has to so concentrate. The rules are a little unclear to me. Yeah. That's all. It's a little bit wishy-washy. He has to. He seems to have to has to concentrate because even because his real face in the alleyway would have still saved him because it, it'd still be different from the the guy that they were chasing that they were the other right. mob boss did. Uh, but instead, he turns around and sees the boxer, and it, you could you could say, well, he didn't have a photo of someone. But the problem is, is that him taking time to realize that he should change his face isn't like. He doesn't think of the problem that he needs a face until after he has the realization that he should change his face. It's even yeah. thinking that he should change his face that takes some time. And I thought that was really weird because this is clearly... Right, because that's is, his one strategy that yeah. he has that, this for is, everything. This is clearly how you get out of every situation. Why did this take yeah. you time? Uh, and then even then, if we go back to what we just said, where, okay, he can go into his original face with some thought at any time, then why not just do that? Because that would have equally saved you. Uh, yeah. so so that happens and then he actually runs this is a big coincidence he goes round the corner as this boxer and the guy operating the little newsstand turns out to be the boxer's father but he's not seen him in years because this guy you know left and went away somewhere or whatever and he tries to like confront him emotionally like, oh why have you where have you been son where have you been yeah. and he just gives him this bullshit kind of non-answer to, to try and get away uh luckily he also has the same voice whatever I, i'm okay with that anyway <laughs> yeah yes yes luckily the voice always seems to match whoever he's meant to be because i actually yeah. think it'd be interesting if he didn't and he had to like he had to be quiet because if it, it would reveal that he's not really the person right 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 or you see him a lot of times he's wearing a hat like mm. i think it would be cool if he always wore a hat that way you don't see his hair change either like if it's just his face that would make more sense than his hair becoming curly in one case 
and going back to straighter. Here's here's a question actually. I wonder I wonder actually if Rod Serling tells us too much at the start because I'm thinking about the scene at the end of the nightclub scene where he comes out mm-hmm. and the guy who thinks he recognizes this dead dude runs out after him and it's when he likes the match and sees his face because he's in silhouette he, he likes the match and then he sees it's not yeah. who he thought it was i almost wonder if that'd be a better moment for like a, a twist for us if that's what told us he could change or his it face. could have been like a good intro so instead of getting the the long nightclub scene mm. we just get the short nightclub scene where he introduces himself you, you think he's reuniting with this woman and then when he leaves you get the cigarette and then the narration comes in yeah, yeah i i think that actually might have been a better intro uh to the episode because yeah. uh, so you I, get that weird reveal yeah. because as it is that scene even though i think i think it's really well shot i like that scene and how it looks i yeah. don't actually think it I, serves... I like the look of this episode a lot too go ahead Sorry. yeah i was gonna say i don't actually like think it serves much purpose though because we already know that he can do this yeah so the yeah. shock of the yeah, guys i was expecting know. it yeah so it's kind of weird uh in that sense so there's a couple of weird creative choices that kind of like jumble it around yeah they do this thing in the episode you mentioned how it looks where whenever he's outside it's like there's like a lot of neon signs like yeah, above his head they're going for like the film noir thing and i i think it looks kind of cheap almost like a high school play setup <laughs> it kind of but does, i actually yeah. really like it i think it's a cool look still it's, i think uh, yeah i think it was trying to do this thing where it was like beyond just the noir thing the idea that it can be so many people there's so many options so it's all these options of where you can go all, all the neon yeah. signs i think that's what they're going for i do want to mention one little annoying thing in the visuals though this is just this is a technical thing only is mm-hmm. three times maybe four in the episode whenever it shows the the motel sign or the hotel sign that's in neon it does this thing where the camera kind of comes down and then stops on it but for some yeah, reason, I thought I thought my screen had frozen. Yeah, for <laughs> but some then reason, did it again later, I'm like, oh no, that's just the choice. <laughs> for some reason, instead of like actually just doing a shot where the camera comes down and then stops on it and stays there for a few seconds, which would be fine, it they does this it. thing. Yeah, it comes down and then like cuts to a freeze frame of it, and it's really jarring. Like, yeah, I, I it looked bad the first time it happened, and then they did it like three times, and I was like, seriously, yeah. guys? <laughs> I noticed uh... that too. Yeah, so that that was weird, but. Um, I mean that's a minor like nitpick. That's not a big deal, but it's just it's something that stuck out to me. Uh, so after he's got his money, he goes back to the hotel, and a cop shows up looking for the original version, the original person that's on the run, mm-hmm. and he tries to arrest them. But when they go downstairs and they're going through the the revolving door, he actually goes round in a full circle and then comes out as the the boxer again. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, he didn't have to look at a photo for that. He just went back to that because he'd already done it. Yeah. Um, again, the rules are a little bit, yeah. And that's a, and that is a <laughs> very that. that's a very quick transformation as well because it, it is. is it's just yeah. a revolving door going around one circle and that's it. He's done. Yeah. So he comes out and then unfortunately the father of the boxer has maybe followed him back to the hotel and is standing with a gun. Unfortunately for him, this this dad is so upset that he's, his son that he wants to kill him. And by the way, Tara's not Connor. I'm just going to take that away. I've just noticed it. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> just, 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 you know. Just, just, just if you're fixed. upset with me, you can still tweet at Connor. Though. You can tweet at Connor, yeah. <laughs> uh, Connor, you, you, your opinions on that Twilight Zone were absolutely atrocious. What are you doing? <laughs> you stupid woman. <laughs> <laughs> That'll confuse him. He's so used to getting called a stupid ginger. That'll really confuse him. Um, 
Yeah, you can send all your stupid women comments to Connor Ryan at ninety four. Um. Yeah, so the, so, so the, the guy shows him, he dies because he was wearing the wrong face at the wrong time. And I don't think there's like a ton of messaging in this one beyond just that he's a chancer and doing this. Like, like if, you're, if, you're, if you're a bit of a con man and try to trick people into things without this power, it's going to end badly. Yeah. And I, I think this is just kind of... Unless you read something in it that I didn't... That was a bit more... I, I couldn't help but compare it to identity theft, even though that's clearly not what this is about but it, it does kind of apply because at first he's only mm. going he, he's disguising himself as dead people and there isn't too much of a consequence for doing that because they're not around but and he can read their their bios before he does it but when he disguises himself as someone who's living he's taking on like the good and the bad <laughs> of being that person of trying to take someone's identity yeah i mean and- maybe now you've said that you're right the boxer's the only one that he takes that's i mean we don't really know if he's alive or dead we just assume he is because there's no reason mm-hmm. to assume otherwise but yeah i think when he's looking at at the obituaries of just people they're just they're just faces they're faces without a consequence but when he takes the the form of someone who's alive there are consequences there you don't know the, these they're not just pictures they are real people and real people can get you you know if you it can get you in trouble if you don't know what their past is or what, what their situation is what's funny is as much as it was probably a lot easier to steal on someone's identity at this time i have to mm-hmm. imagine it had less consequences just just because now now everyone has like credit cards debit cards like so many things are digital that if you steal someone's identity you can do a lot of damage in a very quick space yeah. of time um, and I'm not saying that you, you couldn't do damage at all at the time period, but you know things were a bit a bit more analog. It was a bit more, you know, go in in person and sign something kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which you I'm, get notarized that you're a real person. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just um, so I don't know if it was going for that because I I don't know if that was maybe something that was on the consciousness as much. I don't think so, but yeah. I I still couldn't help but make that make that leap hey so, sometimes <laughs> I was watching it. sometimes you'll find that when you go back and watch something that's older that even though they couldn't have possibly been talking about something it still somehow applies and still still makes sense in, in the mo- a modern context so yeah uh no, no that's, that's a neat way of looking at it um as it is i think it's got some fun elements and once he's had to start changing his face to get himself out of trouble it, it picked up a bit for me yeah i have the, some of the scenes like i said i really like the mob stuff i thought that whole scene was really fun I like. I think that was the best actor that they had too to play the one of the four faces. Like he just had a lot of charisma and like he was fun to watch. Yeah, <laughs> I just wish that because we spent so much time with with the the woman at the start that that was relevant or came back. But even as as I was watching the scene, I was kind of a little bit bored because it was just very generic. Oh yeah, I'm back, baby. We're going to run away together. There was nothing else. Like it didn't set up anything. It didn't. Yeah, I mean, she never really left my mind while I was watching the episode because I kept thinking that maybe he was doing all this in order to meet her at the end or yeah, I was or something. That. And then she doesn't show up, and I still kind of felt bad, like, oh, she's gonna be waiting for him, and <laughs> he's not gonna be there. That sucks because <laughs> he's dead. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess don't take shortcuts. Don't you know? Like, there's, there's some very broad things you can take from it. I, I don't know if there's maybe a strict message that's very specific, and if there is one. Uh, that we have not sussed out. By all means, do do tell us in the comments. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to hear interpretations of it. 
still um, fun though. I thought it's still a fun episode. It's, it's a fun episode, but I I think there's been you know we we've had like a good, I'd say half the episodes we've done are great. You know, out of out of thirteen, I'd say about half of them have been great. I think this one's only kind of in. It's the, been a really strong season. Yeah. yeah. So far, this one's just yeah, it's good. It's it's good. It's got some I think problems. we're only like a third of the way through season one. Also, doesn't it have like thirty something episodes? Yeah, they all have thirty six episodes except yeah. season four, which they changed it to a, a 40, 50 minute show. So there's like half oh. the episodes. So that'll be oh, a fun okay. season to do when we get there. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen any of the episodes that are longer than thirty minutes. So, but thirty six. That, that I mean, that's like two thirds of a year to get through one season <laughs> so we'll be doing this a while like we're settling in <laughs> Bo- board the still twilight less work than Rod Sterling had to do for one season of show <laughs> oh god yeah can you imagine producing 36 episodes I mean, right I su- all that fluff in the beginning I suppose the one thing that makes it easier than a serialized show is that you can literally go and shoot like five of these at the same time because they're all different actors they're all different crew potentially I mean, some of them are sure crew. I'm sure some directors came back. I'm sure some other people stuck around. But, like, you can fill multiples of these at the same time, whereas you can't necessarily do that in the same way with, you know, whatever. You know, take, take, take any other show, basically. Yeah, any kind of serialized show. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, you can shoot things out of order, of course, and you can work in multiple episodes at a time if... You have different, you know, characters who aren't in certain scenes, but ultimately your main characters will be in each episode, so you have to do chunks of it in order. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's what it is. Because um, it's because network TV, even at like twenty two episodes, network TV is such a hectic lifestyle because you you'll find that you know they'll be doing post production on like two episodes that have finished shooting whilst they're shooting the next one, and then the, the next batch will be written around that time. Like you know, there's like a constant cycle of just happening. Uh, yeah i do not pity anyone who has to schedule that shit not at all no <laughs> or i do pity them yeah Sorry, you i know can't I meant. imagine 36 you know episodes i sympathize i sympathize with them. that's what i meant to say <laughs> i mean it's yeah. really cruel i don't pity them yeah do your job yeah <laughs> production managers <laughs> i i pity them a little yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 that's what i mean i'm sympathetic i, I said that wrong um <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So four, four was a dying's an okay episode uh, with some fun stuff. Some things don't quite make sense. I think the first half is maybe a bit too slow and doesn't have enough in it. Uh, the real meat comes in the second half though, when it starts playing with the what it can, what you can do with it. Like how would they use it, and you know, get in and out of situations, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I but, agree. But a bit contrived in places. Like, you know, the fact that he runs into this guy's dad right around the corner, and then the fact that that guy's dad wants to kill him and is right outside the hotel at the end. You know. Oh, and uh, the music. Mm. <laughs> there you go. The music in the episode was co- composed by Jerry Goldsmith. Presumably quite a young and spry Jerry Goldsmith early on in yeah, his career. Yeah, that was really surprising. Because I, I don't know... I mean, I could just check what his birthday is, I suppose. But he, you know, because he, he, he's passed away now, um, a good few years ago now. But he was yeah. still scoring movies into the early 2000s, at least. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think most people know him mainly from Alien. And, of course, the same year as Alien, he did Star Trek The Motion Picture, which I know Tara's going to be pissed <laughs> if I don't mention. Uh, he also did Supergirl. Uh, and fun bit of trivia, he was originally supposed to do Superman and some some scheduling thing happened and uh, Richard Donner had to do with John Williams. He just had to make the... Oh, you'll do oh, it, darn. I guess. You only got the, one of the greatest pieces of music composition ever. <laughs> yes, yes. You, you Find me find me a human being under a certain age who, who can't do 
Do, 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 do. I already feel do. so powerful. I know. Yeah. I know. Stop lifting. Screw <laughs> it. Um, and I'm going to be controversial. Maybe John Williams' best score. I, yeah, I think it's my favorite. I, I think it's Superman, Jurassic Park, and then maybe I'll give you Star Wars after that, but Superman, Jurassic Park. I mean, he only makes gold. <laughs> oh that's good stuff um so yeah uh so we'll find out what's coming next time because obviously at the end rod serling sits down it says it's going to be a cosmic thing it's on the eve of doomsday uh the name of the episode if i just click next on imdb here and get a, it's called third from the sun and which was just funny because me and tara just uh on an ace recently started talking about third rock from the sun and like talked about it for like 10 minutes it was just yeah really we were gushing about it yeah so it's just really <laughs> funny that third from the sun is like the next uh twilight zone uh, third we have son, to take this seriously. <laughs> here's the description of this. Uh, two families of government employees plan to steal a spaceship and travel to another planet just prior to a nuclear war. They must also deal with a stooge who wants to stop them. Now, I don't remember this episode, but this sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, I recognize the title, but I, I don't recognize the description. So I guess it will be a new one for me. Yeah, I, uh, I'm I'm down for this. That'll, that'll be next week's Twilight Zone. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, exciting but yeah that, that this is this has been this has been uh the four of us are dying so uh, let us know what you thought of the episode of twilight zone in the comments below you can like and subscribe all that stuff get us on the twitters at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates if you want to support the show and the channel and everything we do here you can head over to patreon.com slash mail fuzz tv you can support us for as little as one dollar per month you get some bonuses some early stuff some exclusives uh, including these twilight zones uh, and you get other stuff at the five dollar tiering up and so on and so on so you, if you want to keep the reviews coming show us that you love us you can go do that uh, but obviously like and comment and subscribe and all those things do help give us a nice review on your podcast app uh, all that kind of thing um and if i want to promote other content um i would maybe throw in a couple of suggestions here uh one me and tara are doing the new twilight zones uh, and reviewing those so those are obviously worth checking out those are a lot more negative unfortunately um, <laughs> yes, unfortunately, yes. Um, uh, also worth mentioning our sci-fi movie podcast, uh, The Atomic Cinema Experiment, a.k.a. The Ace. Me and Tara do that, and we've been doing a movie every week. We're about six episodes in, I think. Probably more by the time this goes up, actually, because yeah. we're, we're recording this a few ahead, so we'll probably be up at like eight or nine episodes by the time this goes out. Um, so check out that on YouTube, as well as its own podcast feed. And then, yeah, uh, check out uh, Star Trek reviews. Me and Carl have been working through Star Trek. Uh, we're on Next Generation Season 1. We did all the original series, so you might be interested to see what our thoughts as we go through it. And they're mostly fresh, you know, completely, you know, new thoughts. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, in fact, I will say at the time of recording, and this will already be up for a couple of weeks by the time you get this, this episode of Twilight Zone, but we did an episode called The Skin of Evil, um just just today i recorded that with connor and let's just say you'll be happy that two of us didn't know what that episode was or <laughs> that's how a certain thing happened because we were gobsmacked and you can go and forget our reactions to that so uh our miss is not a puddle that you want to step in <laughs> a puddle a puddle of evil it's not even the first puddle this year that's pissed me off in a, a movie or a TV show. Uh, so, anyway, that is, that's been us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. In the Twilight Zone.